You've won. You've won. It's only one worthy. It's you, Jesus. It's only one worthy. It's you, Jesus. It's only one worthy. Just one more moment. Come on. It's you, Jesus. It's only one worthy. 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 It's Jesus. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Thank Him like you've already won. Praise Him like you've already won. Praise Him like you've already won. You're already on the other side of this thing. <laughs> still some people that got to get something from this and she said that there's going to be some I'm going to give I'm going to tell you what she said she said there's some of you are literally going to have to shout and scream this out like you're going to have to let something rise up in you and there's something in it and so we're going to do it one more time this is your last chance but we're going to let it loose yeah go for it Come on, let's pick it up. Let it go. There's only one worthy. It's you, Jesus. There's only one worthy. Come on, somebody shout it out. It's you, Jesus. Come on. There's only one worthy. It's you, Jesus. Come on, no dignity in the room. There's only one worthy. It's you, Jesus. There's only one worthy. It's you, Jesus. It's only one worthy. It's you, Jesus. Now, now, everybody, just shout. Come on, lift your voice. Shout.
went up, I felt joy come down. I, I felt a, a divine transfer in the room just took place. A transaction in the spirit just happened. Some of you came in carrying a lot of weight and you just shouted it out.
I just keep hearing that. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. I don't know. I just keep hearing that. Uh, where you at, Micah? <laughs> oh, my goodness. There you go. There you go. There you go. It's, 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 a, it's a big deal that we understand how good God is. It's a major deal that we, we get to focus back on how good God is. It's, it's the message is good news. Any, any, somewhere along the way, it stopped being good news with some people. And we're getting it back to being good news. We're not changing anything. We're just shifting our focus back to where it should have been. And it's good news. It's good news. It's good news. It is good news. Wow. I, I, <laughs> yikes. Um, I really do feel like I'm supposed to say something. So help, help me out, Holy Spirit. And give me like 15 minutes and I'll be good. You gave this to me, so help me out. My mess it, my, my, my whatever I've got was on the goodness of God. Oh, my. In the Old Testament, they brought a lamb to the priest. Something to be noted was that the priest didn't inspect the center. The priest inspected the lamb. Because it wasn't about the sinner, it was about how perfect the lamb was. It was never about the sinner. It was always about the lamb. Because the quality of the lamb determined the grace that would be extended to that sinner. <laughs> I feel like I'm about to get smashed up here. <laughs> <laughs> the quality of <laughs> this didn't change with Jesus the lamb of God that was slain before the foundation of the world is what the Bible says this is why it's huge that you understand how good God is because you connect the goodness of God to the sacrifice that, how do I say this? The grace that you receive is connected to the sacrifice. And if you don't know how good the sacrifice is, you don't know how good grace is. And if you think there's something in him that's not good, it's hard for you to believe that his grace is really that amazing. Because the grace that is extended to you is connected to the quality of the sacrifice. And understanding how good he is so pivotal to understanding grace it's so pivotal to understanding grace we, we read and I'll give you you can write them down it says in uh, Paul talks about in 2 Corinthians 3.18 he talks about looking in a mirror he talks about looking in a mirror and beholding the glory of the Lord and being transformed into that image 
But if you don't know how good he is, you don't know how great you are. <laughs> you see, I, I, I'm passionately, if you're new here, I passionately want people to understand who you are in Christ. You know who you were before Christ. I don't have to teach you that again. I, I passionately want people to understand who they are in this new covenant. That you are in him and he is in you. And there is no separation. It changes the way you worship when you come in and you just say, he's in me and I'm in him. It gets rid of striving that comes in and says, well, I wonder if God's going to come down. When did he ever go back up? See, I don't find anything after Acts 2 that talks about him leaving again. His spirit came and filled them. Matter of fact, he told them when he was going up, because some of you, that's right when your mind went to. He went up. Yeah, he said, I have to go up so I can send you the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit can be with all of you. Amen. We have to get this. He said, it is better for you that I go. <laughs> I always make a joke with my children. Like if I drop them off at a grandparent's house or a friend that's going to spoil them, I'm like, it is better for you that I go. <laughs> then you stay with me because like you hang with me tonight. It's just a normal night around the Matthews house. You hang with your nana and pawpaw, I'm going to get pictures of oh, stuff now. Ice cream, chocolate milk, all this stuff. And, and all these um, pawpaw loaves. Is, I'm like, <laughs> killing me. So my kids, I'm like, it's better for you that I go. And <laughs> she gets to be there. When Jesus said, I'm going up, he's saying, it's better for you that I go because I'm sending my Holy Spirit. I'm sending my comfort. I'm sending my power. I'm sending my authority. I'm sending everything I've got. I'm sending it to you. I just had to die so you could get your inheritance, but don't worry. I'm going to come back and show you how to use it. <laughs> he had to die so you could get his inheritance, but good news. He says, I'm going to come back and teach you how to use it. He didn't just leave you hanging. But this piece about knowing how good he is is huge. We have to understand that that that. He is in me, and, I, and, and we are in him. Amen. We have to understand this, this thing on holiness. Holiness is not something that if you act good enough, you're holy. You're holy because he is in you, and Christ is holy. And when he looks at his son, he sees Christ, and he says, that's what I see. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really don't think we get this because I think that we actually think some, sometimes as children, what we do changes how he sees us. But he's looking down and he's seeing his son in me. And so everything he sees, he says, I see my son. Well, you don't understand. Maybe oh, I, I, I probably just really disappointed him. He's probably not proud of me anymore. And, and he's looking at you saying, I still see my son. Holiness is, holiness is not about what you can attain. When you gave your life to the Lord, you got as holy as you're going to get. <laughs> now, I do believe in a life of purity. And I do believe in making choices that give God glory. I do. I do. But, but I can't get more holy. The day I said yes to being his son, I, I, I maxed out on holiness. 
My bank was full for the rest of my life. The moment I said yes. And we've, we've, we've really, things have, through the years, been trying to figure that out. We've had different types of movements. And, and one of them was even called the holiness movement. But it was so focused on sin more than holiness. And Bill Vanderbush makes a joke, and I'll make it because I thought it was funny. He said it was a holiness movement missing two things, holiness and movement. <laughs> I said that once and somebody got mad at me. I thought it was funny. But I will say it was Bill's joke, not mine. <laughs> so get mad at Bill. <laughs> First Peter 1.16 says, be holy as I am holy. If you connect holiness as not sinning, then... If you connect your holiness to sin, it's just, it's not possible because Jesus is without sin. And so it's not about overcoming sin. It's about recognizing who's in you. You guys with me? Yeah. I'm not going to go along I, I, just because I don't think I need to. The reason that sometimes you don't feel holy is because you haven't had the revelation of who you are. That's why people don't feel holy is actually because they don't know who they are. And when there's a lack of identity, it begins to get confusing. And that's where things, people start going crazy. The enemy's been using this tactic on God's kids from the very beginning. If you think all the way back to the very beginning about God creating man, I love it. God, God imagined you. He dreamed about you. Then he created you. You are literally God's dream come true. I want to make a t-shirt that says that. I am God's dream come true. It's true. That'll be, that'll be a real conversation opener. It's true though. He imagined man. He dreamed about us and then he created us. And you are his dream come true. You've just heard so many people preach to you about how much God doesn't like you. And, and as if he's holding you over hell with a rotten stick saying, make one more move. And you're gone. When I think he's up there like, man, I love you. God, you guys are great. I know, I know in heaven right now, I know the room's full of angels because they're trying to figure out what's going on. The Bible says in Ephesians, either chapter 2 or chapter 3, the angels learn from us. But most of us don't read that passage. It talks about that the, the angels actually learn from us. I think what they're learning from us is it blows their mind that a bunch of people who were once sinners are now where they are. You see, they're created beings. They're not sons and daughters. And I think they come in here and say, wait a minute. I knew you. I saw you 20 years ago. What? Whoa. They don't understand grace like you do. They've never experienced grace like you. And, and the Bible says they learn from us. And from the very beginning, we've been struggling on this, this piece with, with knowing who we are. Think about Adam and Eve. They were created in the very image of God, the Bible says. Matter of fact, you can write it down. Genesis chapter 1, verse 27 says that he created them in his very own image. You know the story, what happens. I'll just, just briefly share it. You know Genesis where, um, you know, the, the serpent comes and comes to, 
comes to Eve and says, you know, there's that tree over there. You should really try that out. You know, you really, he's going to open your eyes. And, and what happens? They, they eat of the tree that was forbidden to eat of this tree. And then what happens? The curse is released, right? What's interesting about that story is the fact that how the enemy works, because the enemy has been doing the same thing from the very beginning. He came to Eve and told her, if you eat from that tree, you'll be like God. But wait a minute, Genesis chapter 1, 27 said, I already created you like me. Yeah. <laughs> you'll get it in a minute. Give it a, give it a second. Give it a second. You're not hearing me. God already created them in his image and the tool that Satan used, the lie was, if you eat of that, you'll be in his, like his image. Well, wait a minute. What changed? He just convinced Eve that what you've already received through relationship, you don't have to get through works. Oh, and something shifted. She's already like God. So the curse was introduced not because just that she ate from the tree. The curse was introduced because all of a sudden mankind thought they had to obtain something through works that had already been given to them through grace. And the enemy is doing the same thing today. He's telling you who you're not. He's telling you who you're not. Well, everybody else thinks you're this, but you know the real you. Right? <laughs> Run with me for a moment. The enemy can't take anything from a child of God. That would require authority. You do understand that the, the enemy has zero authority. Don't make me preach longer than I need to. The Bible says that when Jesus rose from the dead, he went and he stripped all power and authority. He took all the authority from the enemy. He has been, he is, he is really not that great. Okay, so he has no authority. So the only way, he can't actually, he has no legal right to take anything from you because that would take authority. He can't take anything from me. He's not that great. <laughs> so so what, what's the enemy do? Well, the only way that he can do it, how many know the only weapon that the enemy still has is his mouth? Literally, he has been stripped, and all that he has left is his mouth. <laughs> so how do you, with a mouth and no authority, convince a child of the king that there's something that they're not? How do you take away their identity if you have no authority? You can't. The only way you can do it is to speak lies to them and convince them, convince you to give it away with the authority that you have. They can't take it from you. You're the one that forfeits who you are in Christ. He cannot take it from you. Do not give the devil more credit than is deserved. It's not that great. God intended... <laughs> He intended everything to work through the context of family. Everything. When he taught us to pray, when, they, when, they, when the Father's prayer, really it should be the disciples' prayer. He was teaching them how to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. You know the prayer. But, but it was our Father. He was teaching them. Here's how you pray. Pray to your dad. 
because the kingdom works in the context of family. You see, Jesus was coming back and restoring something. Jesus was coming back. The Bible says when Jesus came to the earth, he was the second Adam. Second Adam because he came to make right what the first Adam messed up. And so here's Jesus. He's coming back. He's restoring. Oh, man. Can you imagine? There's so many things I read about Jesus. He didn't start ministry until 30 years old. I meet some 20-year-olds that are like, I'm dying here. I've been called. I've been prophesied over by everyone. Well, Jesus waited till he was 30. I'm not saying you need to wait. I'm just saying I, I find it interesting that with Jesus, he was walking around, and he saw the fingerprints of sin everywhere. Everywhere he looked, fingerprints of the enemy. And, and it wasn't his time. It wasn't his time. But he began coming into a place where, where it became his time. And he began to teach them. He began to say, okay, here's the deal. When you pray, our, it's our Father. Guys, it's your dad. He's trying to put things back in the context for hundreds of years had been ripped away from the idea of family into this religious system. And here comes Jesus saying, all right, let's swing this back over. We got to get back to family. We got to get back to family. I believe that God's intention for believers is to act like his kids and live like kings. I've heard that statement so many times in my head over the years is he wants me to act like a kid and live like a king. <laughs> People get really confused when we start talking about how great and how amazing you are to the Lord because they start thinking about scriptures or they're, you know, we've heard this, well, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Stop that. You were a sinner and you got saved by grace. <laughs> Now you are a priest, you're a king, you're a queen. You are, Stop that because that's not who you are anymore. I can take you through the scriptures. I can show you things. You say, well, I'm just, I'm just a, I'm a slave. Do you really understand your Bible very well? Like when, when the Bible talks about John 15, 15, Jesus says, you're no longer servants. I call you my friends. But then it gets, but, but, but it gets confusing because then Paul's like in um, 2 Corinthians 6, he talks about that we show our love to God by being servants. And people are like, wait a minute. Which one's right? Both of them. I've learned both is a word I use a lot in the kingdom. The religious spirit always is like, which one? Ooh, that was free. That just came to me. Remember when the lady came to Jesus at the well and she's like, do you worship over here or over here? He's like, mm-hmm. There's coming a day where you're just gonna worship in spirit and truth. I don't care what side of the well you're on. <laughs> He's like, there's coming a day. You're gonna worship in spirit and truth. Ooh, that felt good. All right, so, so, Paul, so Paul, Paul says, well, we're servants. Here's the thing. There's a, there's a little, little word you gotta get. It's called a bond servant. Here's the difference between a servant and a bond servant. A bond servant is by choice. This is where we don't understand things. You see, Paul, he understood. He doesn't look at me as a servant anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm his friend. <laughs> but I want to, out of my love for you, I want to serve you. 
look at it. Let's, let's take it back to the context of a marriage. It's probably a bad time with a servant and bond servant mentality, but let's just, all right, whatever. Let's think about it. How, how many of you know in the context of marriage, it's not going to work very well if you look at your spouse as your servant and you expect them to serve you? Y'all should amen that. Y'all got problems if you don't amen that one. We'll, we'll have a marital class following this. <laughs> marriage for dummies. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> That was worse than I meant it to be. Um, but <laughs> um, anyway, so how many of you know that when you're so in love with your spouse that your heart becomes, I, want, I do want to serve you? Like for my wife, it's like, it's, it's like she doesn't expect me to serve her. I'm so in love. Our relationship is not one of a servant and, and a master. Our relationship is of two people in covenant that are friends. But in my love, in my friendship, in my covenant, I love her so much. I want to serve you. You see, I'm giving you this picture of when you hear words like servant in the New Testament. You're like, well, wait a minute. It's in there. You're right. But do you understand the context of it? Because he doesn't see you as a servant. My wife, just because I serve her, if, I, if she leaves and goes out for the day and I clean the house and I get everything, I just served her. She doesn't come home and, wow, my servant. I'd have issues with that. Like, but she, she's like, you know what she's like? Wow, babe, I love you. And I'm like, and I'm a words of affirmation guy. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not serving God because I am his servant. I'm serving God because I love him. And I volunteer my service to him. You are not a servant. He doesn't see you as a servant. He sees you as a friend. He sees you as a child. But you can choose to serve him. And we should. I'm breaking some things off because when I hear people come in with these mindsets, it blocks you in worship. How do you come in and worship freely a slave driver? Oh... All hail my slave driver. This doesn't ring the same. But when you get in there and you start singing songs like, Abba, I belong to you. Abba, Daddy, Papa. I'm yours. You, he is that good. And you are in him and you are great. We proclaim ourselves as bond servants. In God's eyes, we're friends. The kingdom is a family. We have to get this. If, if we get nothing else before I'm done, we have to get this point. We are a family. We are a family. Mm. Mm. You're so good, Jesus. The enemy cannot take your position in Christ. He can't take your position in Christ. You're seated with him. I mean, come on. Some of you need to like raise up and like when the enemy messes with me with you, like, do you know who you're messing with? You know who my dad you need to go Italian, guys. Come on. You know, like I don't look Italian, but I come from an Italian family. I obviously look like the Irish side. Do you know who my dad is? 
when you guys were shouting in here at the end of that service, I had this feeling come over me like if I were a demon, I would not want to be anywhere near this building right now. Like I was looking around the room and I was like, if I was a demon, which I'm not, but if I was the last church in town, I would be anywhere near is this building right now because I heard such a shout of victory. Like, I mean, I could just feel it bringing confusion to the enemy. You just were confusing the enemy, and it was, whoa. Oh, my goodness. Jesus, you're so good. You are created in his image. You are sons and daughters. You are kings and priests. You are a king. He is the king of... Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> he is the king of kings. You are kings and he is king over you. But you are a king. You're that great. You know, what would happen if this message actually gets out? I think we would see massive people running to Jesus when they hear the goodness of God. I had a young person, and I'm not going to share who, just share something with me at the end of a service recently. And um, I, I don't, I don't want to divulge who it is, but it was so powerful. This person came up to me. I was, I was greeting people at the door, and they said, can I have one moment of your time? And, and um, I never know what I'm going to get with that, <laughs> like, honestly. <laughs> like, I love you, but I never quite know what I'm in for. <laughs> and um, I said, can I get one moment of your time? I said, get, yeah, give me just one minute. And um, this, this young person pulls me aside, uh, maybe, their, maybe their first time, second time here. And uh, they said to me, they pulled me aside, and they just start weeping. This 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 fellow just starts weeping and says, I grew up in church. I won't tell you the denomination, but I, I grew up in church that I've just, I've seen hypocrites all my life. He said, I grew up and at 13 years old, I decided I don't ever want anything else to do with the church. And he said, till today. He said, what just, and that was a crazy service last week. <laughs> you know, it's God. It was a crazy service. I mean, it was, it, listen, but when, when crazy is, God's in the middle of crazy, it's okay. <laughs> I'm serious. When God's in the middle of it, it's okay because you can still feel the love of God. And this, this young man hugged me and said, I have never actually ever felt like God was good until today. I didn't, I didn't preach a message. He just showed up in the room. Weeping, I'm crying. I'm like, I gotta say goodbye to people. You made me cry. <laughs> and, and, and what a moment! What a moment! This stuff that's breaking out all over the map, man. God's goodness is being revealed. God's goodness is being revealed. And I said it last week. He's reforming the church, and is meeting on campuses with people who are secular leaders and everything else. It was like this this Kanye thing. Like it or not, it's something. 
like it or not, and, I'm, and, and because there are people gathering together and lifting up the name of Jesus on college campuses, and they're like, they don't even know they're showing up, and, and what's happening is he's proclaiming the name of Jesus, and people are responding. They're responding, and it's not about him, or we've messed it up again. It's about a good God. And when we begin to proclaim this message, something's going to happen. I got something I might play. I don't know if this will work, but we'll see. Jesus. Is there any way if I send you a video to play it, or, or is that impossible for you? It, nothing is impossible for Rachel. <laughs> If, if you can't, it's not your fault. It's mine for not thinking of this earlier. Hey, y'all, just hang on one second, okay? Um, <laughs> what's your email, Rachel? <laughs> Can I text it to you? Airdrop. Look at all y'all smart people. Oh, I don't know if I can do this or not. One second. I'm going to text to you, and then you do what you want with it. How about that? I, I, I saw this video recently, and it's multiple people that have given their life to the Lord that are ministering in this video. And um, they took an old song that the church used to do. I used to do it when we led worship. And the, the song would go, Great is he who's the king. Y'all ever heard that one? Of kings. It was so fun. Three parts going on with the choir. Y'all hadn't heard that one? Where y'all been? <laughs> I love that song. My parents know that song. And they get to the part where all the ladies come and they go, hallelujah, hallelujah. And then the men come in and they go, um, what's the men's part? Yeah, hallelujah. Ooh, too high. <laughs> Salvation and glory. They like establish it and they, they want to hallelujah. And it's really powerful. Well, there's some people that recently just took the song and just kind of in the moment rewrote it. And I, I feel like there's something on it. Remember in the scripture with the tribe of Judah when they were surrounded by their enemies? It's my favorite passage in the whole Bible. They're surrounded in, in Jehoshaphat says, call everyone together. He didn't say just the parents. He didn't say just the men. He said, call everyone together. We're going to pray and we're going to fast. And when he comes, the first thing he does is he reminds the Lord of his promises. How many of you know he wasn't, he wasn't, the Lord hadn't forgotten. He was declaring into the moment what God said about them. And at that moment, things, uh, we're getting it, we're getting it. At that, I don't even care, we don't have to see it actually, I just want to hear it. It's, it's cool if we don't see it. Um, I just want to hear it. He called them together and what happened? The Lord gave him a strategy. He said, put your worshipers out front and say this, for the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. What's the rest of the song? That's it. For those of you this morning that we kept singing that line in that one song and you're like, when's it going to be over? You would have been in trouble in that moment. <laughs> because not only did they sing the same thing over and over and over, he said, all right, I got a great idea. Worshippers, you go on the front. And they're all like, oh, man. Like, what a day to be in the worship team. We got to be in front of the guys with the swords and the shields. And 
they're in the worship team and they go forward and they say, for the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. For the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. And what happened? The Lord released these ambushing angels. How many of you know when the worship goes in front, sometimes you don't even have to fight? And so I want to play this because I felt like a couple days ago the Lord told me to play it. And uh, I just want to, I don't even want to watch it. I just want to hear it. And so if we've got it, I just want you to play it. Turn it up. I want to feel it.
declare hallelujah over you right now. He is good.